Hi, and welcome to the TGP Wrestling Podcast, episode one. Now, we've discussed a lot of ideas for this first podcast. So many things come across, you know, there's a, there's a wide range of the wrestling universe, but we decided to go for one of the biggest topics in wrestling right now, a hot topic, some would say. Unification of belts within the wrestling landscape, not just WWE, within the wrestling landscape. Now, in this episode, we'll be talking to some familiar faces around the TGP. But obviously, it's episode one, so no one knows who they are. But over the next half an hour to 45 minutes, potentially an hour, you will know who every single person in this podcast is, and you'll be clamoring to listen to more. Now, introducing first the 2021 flop of the year. It's Robbie. Robbie, how are you today, sir? A flop of the year. That's a great way to introduce me to everyone. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Doing great. Doing great. It's been a bit of shitter of a week, but yeah, great week. Okay. He's not the best one we have here, so don't worry. Um, Thank you. Now, we'll move on to the TGP in the bank briefcase holder. Some say he will walk out of TGP menu with all the belts. Some people know that to not to be true. It's Mr. Corey Vincent. Corey, how are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm going to walk out of menu with the championship. I don't know why you've even put that into question. Yeah, I'm doing great. Okay. Confident. Big words from a little man. Oh, he's tall, but he's small. Tall, but he's small. Take, make into that as you will. Now, we're going to introduce today's main guest, the star of the show, the main event, the big dog, everything, everything you want to call it, the game, all right? The TGP world champion is Carl Vincent. Carl, how are you? Really, really good. I'm sure the intro made it better. Uh, I'm sure that is big G right up. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling great, man. I am. I'm feeling great. Right. Okay. So we'll get onto the podcast. There's the introductions over today. So we want to start. Go a little bit ways back before Corey was born. Before Kyle was born. I'm assuming before Robbie was born. I don't know enough about him. So we're going to take you back to one of the biggest matches in WWE history. And one of the... There was unifications before this, but I feel this put unifications on the map. Chris Jericho defeated Triple H at WrestleMania 18. Two titles emerged into the WWE Undisputed Championship. Now... I think we can probably safely say that we could probably treat most of these individually. But having just seen it, um, you know, I think we've all seen the video stuff. And it was it was after it was after Jericho was beat at WrestleMania 18. I just want to clarify that that part later down the line. Um the World Everett Championship, the WWE Championship, were unified at Vengeance 2001. So, 
Chris Jericho ran out supreme that night and did not look like the favourite to win the match. Now, when that unification concept came in, obviously we're all of a certain age where we don't uh, didn't see that live. But I'm going to come to Robbie first on this one. Robbie, how do you feel that moment lives in WWE history? Jericho walking out as the unified champion. Well, obviously Triple H was quite a big name, had been for some time then in through WWF into WWE. And with Jericho walking out, obviously wasn't the favorite, as you said, but it's still a moment that is ingrained in not just Jericho's history, but the company history. When they look back on title unifications, it was the first kind of big one, if you like. Um, but yeah, so obviously Jericho, it's one of the things he was known for. So Jericho obviously debuted and he did some bits between, but it was probably one of his most crowning moments in the early parts of his career. So for a unification to give Jericho that spotlight, even though he wasn't wasn't really seen as the top dog, the top guy in the company, it was still, it's still, I think to me, that's what sort of title unification is all about. So if you have this main guy who everyone thinks is going to win, and then you have this guy who people think, oh, he's, he's there to make this other guy look good, and he walks out. It builds the future, and that is what unification can like kind of lead to. It can lead to building bigger stars, and that was Jericho's launching point for me, if you like, because his years before he didn't really do a great deal, but then the unification match where he became the undisputed champion with those two belts, and he's just walking around with these two massive great belts. He looked great, and it made him look great too. So I reckon it was a good move for, well, good move for WWE to put the belts on Jericho then. And, um, yeah, and a, a good move for Jericho's career moving forward. Yeah, I think um, they all need to be taken, um, I think like we said towards the start of the pod, they all need to be taken individually, right? And I think that Jericho's works because people didn't think he'd win and he had the old angle with Stephanie and stuff. You know, it was really, really fantastic to see. And obviously nice to see him take that spotlight, like you say. Now, I think we've gone on to a point of the first real notable, you know, unification in the WWE. Now, there were other, like, unifications. They unified the tag belts quite a few times and unified the Intercontinental with the WWE, sorry, WCW United States Championship. But I think we would like to talk about this on a more broad scale, right? And going more into the detail of how do you feel about it as a concept? Now, Corey, I'm going to come to you next on this one. Now, unification, just unification in general, going from, um, you know, going from, the having having that belt and having you know one guy on one rush to hold it having split brands whatever you want to do right going from that to having one champion over two brands how do you feel that as a concept works as a whole i think it really depends on like how like top heavy is your roster because i think in certain 
ways it can be a very good thing it elevates the champion to an even higher level so whenever anyone has that championship it makes them the biggest star in most re- most of, of all of wrestling so i think it can be very good at times but if your roster isn't like if your roster isn't not not say good enough but if it doesn't have enough big stars to make unification work then it could be very detrimental because it gets rid of another main title that could build a star up yeah yeah and i think if we were to sort of um we'll touch on to the well the essential point and triggering of this um podcast sort of later down the line for this one um but if we were to look at new japan last year now obviously they um unify the belts when obviously Kota Ibushi walked out as the double champion um now I'm going to come to Robbie on this one Robbie do you feel as if New Japan unifying the belts was more about a desperate attempt to sort of become potentially a little bit more relevant or do you think it was a thought out plan when they went through with that Honestly, like I've dipped in in and out of New Japan for best part of like kind of three ish years now. I don't really, I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, New Japan, they kind of have their big kind of spotlight moments where they pop up in the news every now and then, like they've done this, they've done that. But to be, but to be honest, I would kind of have to agree with you. Not like a kind of claw of desperation to kind of become relevant because a lot does go on in a lot of different wrestling companies that does spark news spark people talking but i think it was a thought out plan i mean ibushi's been around for some time now and he's always been kind of around the main event but not really had that crowning moment so to give him that it might have been thought out but again it might have been something to kind of draw fans in in an attempt to live in a world where WWE and AEW really do have the spotlights. Yeah, I think it was no it was no coincidence that the unification of those uh, New Japan belts did happen uh, a similar time to obviously AEW becoming prominent and WWE starting to get some viewership back as well. Um, for me, I would say it maybe came across as if they were trying to have this big statement come out and be like oh we're going to unify the belts it's going to be bigger than ever and you kind of didn't hear an awful lot about it after it happened um now i think it's it's very difficult to get this right when you unify belts and you've seen it in the past where it's only a couple of years ago when it was just you know brock lesnar across both both brands and he you know he, he wasn't there as much as he is now um he obviously couldn't commit to that um, you know, that sort of WWE schedule in a way of, you know, being there all the time, you know, whatever. So it it's definitely had its bad points. Um, but I'm going to go from a really simple one here. We've got the match coming up. And of course, we're going to talk about it. Now, let's move on to that. And let's go into that match time now. So, as said, what was um, the, the reason for this podcast and what sort of triggered the episode and what we were thinking about was the 
current situation with WWE, that they are unifying the WWE and Universal Championships at WrestleMania in what they are calling the biggest match of all time every single year. So it's it's a match we've seen before, but it, it, it does feel, and it, I think a lot of people will agree, the context feels different. It's a lot of wrestling fans online at the moment that don't seem to grasp the concept of context is key in wrestling. If you have the two guys at the right point in the right build, it will be a bigger match and it will simply mean more. Now, I'm going to come to the, the main event here, Kyle. Um, now, when it comes to Roman Reigns, you are a, quite a big fan of his. So, first first questions first on this one really do you think it's the right match for the Wrestlemania main event uh, yes fantastic you are would you like uh, me to elaborate you can elaborate yeah that's what we're here because I get paid on like per word so yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm aware of that I wrote your contract okay. that you didn't sign so. <clears throat> so Wrestlemania Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar the two biggest guys in the company no questions is it the right match for WrestleMania? Of course it is. What bigger match can you make? It is Roman Reigns on the best title run I've seen for many years. And it's Brock Lesnar who at WrestleMania doesn't lose unless it's to Roman Reigns. I, I can't think of a better match. Those are the two big men of the company. There's an argument to be made at the moment that you look around the roster and they are the only two men really on a, a point where you can put them in a WrestleMania main event. I don't feel as if anybody else is at that level at the moment. Now, I think that they probably could have done the match regardless of the unification, but I personally feel the unification makes this match feel massive, absolutely massive. It makes it feel like a real big, big main event. So, Corey, I'm going to come to you next. If you were, let's say, Drew McIntyre or you were Seth Rollins, would you feel a bit aggrieved that these two have taken both belts into the main event? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't because I think if I were them, I would respect that they're the two biggest things in the company and if I was them, I would have the opinion that if the belts get unified, it means that when I would eventually win it, it would mean that it raises me even bigger. Yeah, so I get what you're saying. Of, of course, obviously, and the thing is, I think we all hope at the very least that Seth's plan for WrestleMania could very well be Cody Rhodes, potentially, right? But we'll see how that goes. That's not what the podcast is about today. It's about unification. So, Robbie, do you think, based on this unification, that uh, the brand split, if we're calling it that still, is over now? I don't quite know. I mean, the brand split has been an on and off thing for a while. I mean, they've had a lot of kind of rules that have sort of overall the ruling of the brand split if you like like you a little while ago you had um 
like SmackDown superstars turning up on Raw, and then obviously for Survivor Series for the past however many years now it's been uh, SmackDown versus Raw, or that one year where they included NXT as well. Um, it's I, I don't quite know. The brand split I don't think is going to end unless they announce its permanent end. Like they come out and say brand split's done, that's it. Going back to how it was prior 2016. But I just think, I don't know, I'm a little bit wary. I mean, I like the idea of the two biggest guys in the company, arguably right now, to go on t- to go for a title unification match to combine both the biggest titles. But then if the brand split doesn't end, what I'm worried about is how will that work from there? Are you going to have Brock or Roman turn up on both Raw and SmackDown? How long are they going to put the belts on both of them together for however long? Because in history, I mean, if there's two belts involved, title unification doesn't happen for very long. So it, it, I don't know. I think if until they announce it, I don't think it's going to end. And I don't think I can see it ending, to be honest. Yeah, I think... Um... I think one thing that we probably would touch on is that the the potential that unification has on elevating the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship. Now, if you have, for example, a show where Roman Reigns is on SmackDown as the unified champion, um, technically speaking, he'll be on both shows. But we know that as unified champions have gone in the past, it doesn't always work that way. He might be on Raw one week and SmackDown the next week. So... Corey, I'm going to come to you on this. If Roman is, if Roman Reigns is on SmackDown on a Saturday, do you think that on a Friday? Sorry, do you think that gives Finn Balor, the current United States champion, the spotlight a bit more on a Monday night? I think it should do, but with how WWE have been booking the mid card belts recently, I'm a bit worried it might not. I think it definitely should do. They should be building up the mid-card belts and making them, except for the unified title, the biggest thing on the brands. But I I don't think WWE will do that because WWE, for some reason, recent, <laughs> <laughs> recently <laughs> just aren't liking the mid-card belts. Apologies for Corey's unprofessionalism there. You know, he's a, he's, he's a young lad, um, you know, but he's got a lot to learn in the TGP. He's got a lot to learn about podcasts. But we move on. I can only apologise to you, listeners. Now, I think going forward from a personal level, um, I'm trying to play host here and be as neutral as possible, but I think that you've got a situation where you've got two two guys as your mid-card champions that are very well-liked. Uh, Ricochet is very well-liked and Finn Balor is very well-liked. But you've got a situation where you can really build a character for both of them too. Um, and you don't have to rely on Roman or Brock to sort of steal the show. Now, just to end, end this topic, um, obviously I'm going to come to uh, Kyle on this one. Kyle, do you think that the the women have a big part to play in this because obviously Becky Lynch is incredibly popular um obviously Charlotte is you know fantastic heel Ronda Rousey's back do you think that the women could fill the gap left potentially by the uh, unified champion yes would you like a elaboration again 
I, I feel like unless I say don't elaborate on that point, I, I, would, I would like to okay. elaborate. Should I assume that you want an elaboration every time? Yes. So, um, yeah, w- women are good at wrestling. And good wrestlers um, normally run the show. And uh, if there's no good wrestlers on the show, then the women, the, the good women wrestlers have to make up for it, don't they? He's so unprofessional. He's, he's crying out there. What am I supposed to do about it? No. In all seriousness, um, Becky's biggest draw that we've seen, especially in the women's division for quite a, while, quite a long time, maybe ever, um, Charlotte, perfectionist, wonderful uh, craft. Uh, Ronda is a big draw for more casual fans. Yeah, if there's a void that's going to be left with Roman having both belts, not being able to be on every show, then yeah, why not make one of those women's titles the top one as well? Why not have that as the main event? Okay. I mean, I completely agree with him. I think, you know, like, the point's made it very valid. Now, we're going to end today's show um, because Corey is having a meltdown off camera at the moment at the hilarity of the situation. Um, So... I will come to each person individually. Corey, you've got about two minutes to compose yourself um, or you will never step foot on this podcast again. So, Robbie, I'll come to you first as the resident professional here. Um, Robbie, do you... And it's it's the same question to everyone, but I'll come to you first. Um, Robbie, who do you feel would be the better... Unified champion going forward. Without a shadow of a doubt, Roman Reigns. Uh, Reigns has been kind of the main event, main eventer of WWE for the best part of seven years now. He's always been that guy who's been in the picture. He's been the guy who has always kind of done bigger things compared to everyone else on the roster. Um, I've been thinking about it for a while as well. And compared to like comparing previous era's biggest stars, if you like, so you've had Hulk Hogan, you've had Stone Cold Steve Austin, you've had John Cena. I think this is, it's, uh, it's come to a point now where Roman Reigns is on the same level as all of those faces and all of those names. Uh, I think Roman's probably the better bet. I feel like Roman has carried. WWE's brand for, like I said, the best part of like seven, eight years now. And I think moving forward, if we're looking again for future talent to be able to piggyback off Roman Reigns' success and just to drive WWE as a brand forward as well, I think Roman Reigns is probably the ace they've got in their uh, in their in their corner. I think that is definitely the trump card, and I think Reigns is probably the better bet of the two. Okay, okay. Uh, Corey, I'm going to come to you next. Who would be the better choice to go with as the unified champion? Roman. There's no discussion. It's easily Roman. He's the biggest thing in the company. There's just no discussion. Brock, he's, he's appearing regularly now, but he's not going to keep it up for long enough to be a better, like, undisputed champion than Roman. Roman's just the easiest choice because 
he's been carrying SmackDown over the past year. And yeah, he's just the biggest thing in wrestling. Uh, so, Kyle, same to you. Um, and yes, I would like you to elaborate. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll elaborate? I'll elaborate. You what? It will be Roman Reigns, you see. Okay, let me turn back time a little bit. WrestleMania, the first Lesnar-Roman match. They wanted that man to carry the company, and he wasn't ready yet. They wanted him a few years later against Triple H, and he wasn't ready yet. Now, my man's ready. Roman is beloved by everyone. I don't know a single person that doesn't like Roman Reigns. He has the star power to not just breach casual fans and get them to love him. He can breach Hollywood. He will be the next Rock and Cena. It's just a matter of time. He's finally at the point where they wanted him all those years ago against Lesnar. He's proven it now. He is the big dog. He is carrying the company now. And it's just... WWE have a way of getting what they want. It's not been as smooth sailing as they wanted, but after many years, Roman is that man. He is the star of the company now. Undisputed. Okay. So, I I think it was a fairly obvious question, but we've got to remain neutral. We, we, we clearly, wink, wink, don't want anyone to win that match at Mania. We clearly don't have a favourite, do we? Uh, but no, it, Roman's, Roman is the correct answer. You know, Brock Lesnar has probably, probably been the word, because we don't know, but probably stuck around this long because WWE are really struggling for star power at the moment. So Brock Lesnar being on Raw every week and SmackDown is probably more an indictment of where WWE are at the moment rather than um, Brock's willingness to stick around all the time, I would say. So yeah, Roman's the answer. Um, and obviously, post-Mania, I would expect that Brock probably takes a break and we see some new stars. Um, obviously, we've got, you know, Cody Rhodes, worst-kept secret at the moment. It's very clear that he's coming back to WWE. It, it, it's where on the card he'll fit into. Obviously, Seth will be back after the belt. Um, you know, this match is going down the line. I think that new stars need to be made, but I think WWE are capable of doing that. So... That is all we have time for today. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you for to all my guests, aside from Corey. Um, it's been a fantastic podcast. And we've got a lot of ideas in the pile. And we've got a lot of things planned for the future. So, yeah, I, I hope you all uh, have a listen again. Um, professionalism will be there next time because Corey won't be on the pod. So, um, hopefully... Hopefully we've enticed you enough to listen. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. and Have a great rest of your evening.